Hello, and welcome to the first episode of the Unscrewed podcast. My name is Carlin Borisenko. You can find me at kb.locals.com and all over the YouTubes and the Twitters. And I'm joined yeah, here with Truman, Truman as well. I'm on the Return to Reason podcast, among other things, uh-huh. and also at Locals and YouTube and all of those other wonderful platforms, Return to Reason. Excellent. And and Truman and I had this idea for an unscrewed podcast that we're going to do every couple of weeks of him and I talking about how the world is going to hell in a handbasket and how we're both basically like a little bit blackpilled right now with the world. But but I think we we really want to get to a place where we see hope. We want we want to see like the white pill. We want it. We want to take no it. Way, Am I misstating I mean, that? I, I know Malice is working on a book called The White Pill, and I'm eager to... I'm eager to to see what he has to say because there's, you know, I think that there are things to be hopeful about for sure. Um, but I think about things in like a short term and a long term type of stuff. And most of the stuff that is like that I feel black pilled by is um, in both of those things. And all of the white pill stuff for me is like out in the long term. Like and so. Yeah, there's things to be optimistic about. I think conversations like this, mm-hmm. I think the fact that people are discussing things you know and trying to work through it i just don't know how like how much that's going to manifest in progress it's actually substantive and so anyway that, all that to say yeah i would like to be white-pilled i'd like to be optimistic i'd like to say that the the glasses have full but i i just i frankly am not there yet but i you know that, that's okay that doesn't it's all a process right so well it it it's it's interesting that you mentioned Michael Malice because yeah, I got to meet him party. the other day. I don't know if you knew this. I actually I was I was at Dave's Rubens birthday party and I told I had actually left Pork Fest, which I'm sure we'll talk about in a second, to uh, a day early the Great Libertarian Festival in New Hampshire, specifically <clears throat> to fly to L.A. to go to Pork Fest. And I told the Libertarians when I left, I'm like, I bet you Michael Malice is going to be there and I'm going to get to meet him. And then sure enough, he was there. And I bring it up because like. You know, one of the things that was very striking to me, you never quite know with some of these creators if they're going to be the same person in real life as you see kind of like on YouTube or wherever. And he totally was. And it was just like he had like this very positive attitude. And I'm kind of like, man, is it, it like if if Michael Malice seeing kind of the world the way he does um, has just like this overtly positive attitude and, and sees hope and just like is, is like it, it just feels good to be around. That kind of felt like a little bit of hope for me. I don't know. Well, it was it was reassuring. Yeah, and I mean that's good. There's a they have signs around here where where I'm at that that say like kindness, compassion, and optimism are contagious too. You know, which is you know after COVID they were making those signs. Um, you know, the one thing I will say about Malice being optimistic is that you have to think about what his end goal is, which is like no government, basically the collapse of like our institutions and everything into you know where there's no stand nothing left like other than just people doing their own thing you know he did uh he tweeted yesterday something about how like in california they're not gonna the state isn't gonna pay for travel to other states that have whatever legislation that california doesn't like i forgot it was either something about race or something about transgender stuff i don't know which but um Mm -hmm. but malice (laughs) he was like well the the breaking a part of America is proceeding as, as planned. And I'm like, okay, so these are his white pills are like, which honestly, I mean, I kind of understand it, but I guess my point is, is that, you know, how optimistic someone is 
you know, and how much you should share in that optimism is probably highly dependent on what their goals are, <laughs> you know, like if you wanted the Titanic to sink, you know, and someone saw you and you're like, this is going great guys. You know, you might be like, well, I don't know if I share that perspective. So anyway, but all that's, I'm sure there's more to it than that. I'm just, I'm mostly joking. Well, it- I mean, I, well, I mean, no, I think you actually bring up a really good point. And, you know, it's, it's kind of like I'm half on the whole, like, just yep. acceleration of all the chaos. Tra- I'm, I'm like, I've got like one foot on that train and I feel like I've still got one foot off of it. And it's like, you know, I remember on January 5th, I did a show on my channel where I said, like, I just want as much chaos as possible. And of course, the next day I got as much Careful chaos as for. I could handle. I was like, okay, okay, okay. I was just, I was just kidding. That's enough. And, and now like, I'm kind of back to the, you know what? Yep let it burn let it burn and maybe maybe if all the the institutions get burned down maybe we'll be in a position to actually build it up and you know it's actually funny um at pork fest i got kind of like a white pill moment and i don't know i emailed with Corey DeAngelis about this a little bit and i haven't seen the hard data on it but one of the state representatives in new hampshire told me that there are so there are three schools okay. in manchester new hampshire which is like basically like one of the largest K-12? districts in the state and they're consolidating into okay, yeah. Well, I think no, maybe like high school. I'm not sure. I'm not sure exactly. It must be high okay. school. Yeah, like three different high schools. But they're consolidating into one into one school because so many kids have been permanently pulled oh out of the schools that it just doesn't make sense for them to have three different high schools anymore. And the the number that the state rep gave me was 27% of students wow. are not coming back. And I was like, and again, I like Corey D'Angelo seemed to think it was like closer to like 9%, which is still pretty good to be honest with you. Um, So I haven't seen the hard data to confirm this yet, but I was like, holy hell, like a state representative is telling me that almost one third of students are not coming back. And because of that, they're consolidating from three schools into one. I got to be honest because I kind of want the school systems to just like the public oh, yeah. schools anyway, to crash and burn. I was, that was, a, that was a, totally. an optimistic And it's one of those things. Me. And I think we talked about this in the last Ember um, where there's, it's, <clears throat> there's control burns and then there's like wildfires. Right. And so, you know, I, where I, when I was driving, you know, this is a couple weeks ago and I'm seeing smoke coming from, and where I live, we get like, forest fire is like pretty bad. And so I'm seeing smoke and I was like, holy crap. And then there's, they literally had signs up that said planned burn, do not, you know, don't call 911 basically. And so my point is, is that there, if there's a control burn, if it's part of the plan, like this is a thing, we need this to burn, but we, we have um, sufficient boundaries around the damage, right? Like the damage is exclusive to the thing that we need to burn. So something can replace it. That's fine. Um, but I think that the, I, I think it was Kevin who who said this, you know, was, okay, is it a control burn or is it a wildfire? Because a lot of these things with institutions, it's, it's like, it spreads to other things. And, you know, whenever, when it comes to the accelerationist stuff, like for me, I see things physically and then also, I guess, like more, so K through 12, it exists as a physical, those are physical schools, kids in physical locations. But for the just um, the idea of K through 12, like as an institution to also collapse. So what you're talking about there is an example of that district is experiencing like some a bit of a control burn where it's like parents are pulling their kids out. But we need the like the idea of like the federal government dictating 
education generally to also like go by the wayside. And like, for me, I'm thinking, okay, look, if states want to do some of these things, fine. Like I, I look at it in terms of, okay, what are the boundaries for some of the burns? Okay. St- certain states, I guess, um, although there are good people there, it's like, I don't like seeing that cities. I'm all for it. Like Portland, do your thing. Like that's fine. Go nuts. I'm okay with it. Like I like the examples to be there to point out and be mm-hmm. like, yeah, let's, let's go do that. Why don't we, why aren't we doing that everywhere? Um, but it spreads to other places. Right. And so that's the thing that I think is what worries me is that we just don't know. Um, I, I don't know how we can execute some type of containment um, or allow it like effectively. I don't think we can or allow it to burn without it taking so much with it um, that there's just not a lot left uh, to, uh, I guess, to be occupied, to rebuild or, or to to utilize afterwards is my point. Um, so I don't, so I don't know, but like an example of the accelerationist stuff that I'm, I'm all for. So the K through 12, and then there's the thing about the Olympics. So there's the, the bodybuilder or weightlifter from New Zealand that's going, that's a transgender male. And I've seen people who are like, Oh my gosh, like this is so horrible. It's like, yes. Oh, I agree that this is not a good thing. Transgender, female, transgender, female. I said transgender, Transgender yeah, female, we're that, not misgendering. I, I thought I said transgender. <laughs> no, you oh, said no, trans- no, sorry. transgender yeah, no, male. Transgender female. Um, no. So a biological male. And the my point to these people was like, no, this is not good, but we still want this to happen. Send all of the bio, the the huge dudes to go and compete because this th- that is a massive red pill. Like that's a global red pill because we need the pissed off feminists. We need them to go, okay, nope, nope, I'm done. This is not not cool anymore. Like there are women who work literally their entire lives to become the best in the world at what they do. And so then to go and be beat by some biological dude, it's like, no, we need that to be there so people see like the consequences of their good intention. So that's an accelerationist thing that I'm like, yes, the K through 12 in some of these areas, yes, although there is some a lot of asterisks there of like, I don't want the way that they, uh, that they burn to be like, teach more, you know, like bad, like propaganda bullshit, you know? So anyway, does that make sense? Like uh, there are ways that I'm cool with it. There are other ways where it's like, yeah, but the fire spreads to these other things too. Yeah. Well, I kind of feel like we're in a place though where it's almost like we have to take the unintended consequences mm. with the with the actual intended consequences because I don't think the direction that we're going in, it, it, I, I don't think it's a tenable direction long terms. And so it's kind of like, do we want to um, do we want to put faith in the unknown a little bit and and allow things to feel a little bit more out of control for the sake of correcting course? Because I mean, the way I I think if if things just kind of keep going in the way that I think both the Democrat and Republican parties want us to go, because I think they're both yeah, going oh yeah. in the same direction. I just think the mm-hmm. Republicans are going a little bit slower, but I think they're following the Democrats. Like if we continue to go in that direction, that is the worst case scenario. So it's kind of like, I would almost rather take a chance that there might be some unintended consequences that we kind of figure out and work our way through as long as we can like hold things back from the direction 
that they're going in because I just it, like that is not an, an a tenable option. I think we're we're headed towards just yep. more authoritarianism <clears throat> on both sides. I think both sides are in on it. I think that both sides have exactly the same people that they are um that they are trying to please at the very top. Not to sound conspiratorial because I'm not a conspiracy theorist, but if you look at their behavior, if you take their words out of it and look at their behaviors, they oh, act exactly sure. the same. They might do it sometimes for different reasons, but they act exactly the same. And of course, there's like exceptions to that. Like I could point to someone like, you know, Rand Paul on occasion will no- will like, you know, uh, will um, kind of break things up a little bit. But more or less, all the politicians act the same. And that to me is like mm-hmm. we're heading off a dang cliff. And that's kind of why that's one of the reasons to, to kind of go back, back to the idea of being blackpilled. That's one of the reasons I'm a little bit blackpilled at the moment, because I think that the vast majority of the elected leaders in this country do not have the interests of the people in mind when they're making decisions. And I think that the fact that the people continue to vote for them time after time after time after time again of being stabbed in the back and they just keep voting for them anyway, the will of the people is not there to change. And I could take piss poor elected leadership if I thought the will of the people Hmm. was there to change it. But I think what a lot of people do is they say, oh, we're going to primary everyone. Well, then they never actually get off their butts and do it. Yeah, you know and I saying? think that's a good point. You know, there's a few things there that think? are like, you know, one of them, you know, you said the the unintended consequences. Like, so the the thing that, so Kevin and I are doing this book series over the Road to Serfdom, you know, F.A. Hayek's classic work. Um, and the chapter we did last night, chapter five, it was, uh, I think it was planning and democracy or something like that. And one of the things he says, uh, Hayek says in the book is that, um, Basically, the government can only plan for so much, and you just have to let things like up to chance. You just have to like you can't try to micromanage everyone's lives, and you just have to allow chance to happen. And sometimes it's going to have consequences you don't like, um, but the alternative is way worse. And so I think that what you said there seems like very much in a similar vein, where it's like, you know, my dad one of the things he would always tell me growing up is if you always do what you've always done, you'll always get what you've always got. And so I think that that applies in, you know, pretty much every area. And that includes it with politics. And, you know, to what you said of like, I would be cool with this as long as it was the will of the people or something like that. Like, it's like, I don't, I think most people, you know, again, to reference back to, you know, malice always quotes um, the guy, Oh my gosh, the HL Mencken, you know, from the early 20th century who said people don't want to be free. They fundamentally want to be taken care of. And I think that's true. And that's probably one of the reasons why people were okay just having these swamp monsters run their lives. And I, again, I think I'm with you, you know, that I would be okay with that as long as those swamp monsters were only running their lives. Like, it's like piss in your pool all you want. That's fine. Just don't piss in my pool. And so that's what's happening here. And, And you're spot on, you know, that's the the old saying that American conservatism, at least is just progressivism driving the speed limit. You know, it's always going in the same direction. The example Ruben had uh, like a call in thing, you know, I don't know, maybe like a year and a half ago and for people that were from his locals community. And I was one of the people that got to ask him a question. And the one that I asked was, I said, it seems like, you know, people are talking about these crazy progressive, like, you know, Bernie AOC stuff. And I said, it seems to me they're just counting by bigger digits and increments, but they're all counting in the same direction. Like if this group is counting by twos, you know, if the the Republicans are counting by twos 
and the Democrats are counting by fives and the AOCs and Bernie Sanders are counting by tens, like they're still all counting in the same direction. Like the one of them just going to get there a little faster, but that doesn't, you know what I mean? And so like, I think there's something to that, that they all, like I was looking at a graph last night about um, government spending as percentage of the GDP, because I thought it would, would kind of go up like this, but it has its ups and downs. Um, but I mean, last year, the government spending as percentage of our GDP was like 44% of our GDP was government spending, um, which is crazy. Um, and it yeah. was that in, or it was just under that in like 2009. And even if you go all the way back to, I think the chart went to like, it went back 50 years. So it went to 71. Even then it was like 36%. Um, and so like, not to just make this all about government because like people are what enables the government that we have. And so you have to change society if you want government to change. But the point is, is that like the will of the people isn't being done, but also the people don't have the will to do anything about it. And all all of that would be fine if it wasn't, if it was exclusive to the people like who it was, who their, that bullshit was impacting. Right. But it's impacting people like us who are like, I don't want this. I didn't ask for this. And we have this Mm -hmm. social pathology where people are lazy, like people are lazy. They're uninformed often on purpose. Um, they're, they feel way more social pressures to stay uninformed or to, um, just avoid certain fights that are probably worth having. And so it's, there's just, it's just a perfect storm of social pathologies and government bureaucratic bullshit. That's all self-serving that ends up, you know, back with a huge amount of collateral damage in, in the form of a lot of people that you know, didn't ask for this. And to the last thing I'll say is, you know, you mentioned like primarying and stuff. And so for me, one of the things that black pills me, like I said, some of it's in the present and some of it's in the future. I have no confidence in, um, our election process and not just that, like, let's say I'm, I'm wrong. Okay. And all of our elections are fine. All of it's like, there's nothing is bad. There's a lot of people that feel that way. There's a lot of people that feel completely disenfranchised. And so my point is, I don't know how many more elections we have yeah. where, cause I don't think Republicans will win in the, in the midterms. They might w- win a little bit. Um, I don't think they'll win in 2024. I, I want to be wrong there depending on the candidate, but, um, but I don't think they will. I just don't know how many elections that the right can lose before they say, fuck it. Um, because there's a lot of people that feel disenfranchised and it's only going to grow. And that's what, um, that's one of the things that I'm, yeah. I'm uh, afraid of. Um, so there's a lot there. I mean, that's kind of what we're, you know, we're doing here. We're just spitballing and talking about this stuff generally, but anyway, go for it. Sorry. Yeah, no, but I think that that's, no, that's a really good point. And I'm glad you brought it up because to me, and, and, you know, let's put aside for a second about whether or not we believe the election results were accurate. Like that, that, like at this point, Biden is president, whatever. I don't want to go back and relitigate, except to say this, you know, you, you only achieve buy-in from a population of people by listening to their grievances and by making them feel like they were heard. And the biggest issue I had with everything that happened after the election is it just showed emphatically that the the Democrats had absolutely zero interest in even trying 
to work yep. with Trump supporters. And again, regardless of whether or not you think Biden really won or you didn't, that's that is not the point. They the, what what needed to happen is for them to have a process where they could feel like their grievances had been heard. And that never happened. And not only weren't they heard, but they were banned off of social media for even daring to bring them up. And I truly believe that this whole process of just ignoring 50% of the population. I'm sorry, Joe Biden ran saying unity, unity, unity. He was going to be the unity president. And then he goes and ignores and demonizes 50% of the population and doesn't even try to make it seem as though they're considering that there might be a different perspective in this. That was one of the piss poor, most piss poor leadership examples I've ever seen in my life. Anyone who's ever been in any sort of manager or leadership position knows that in order to get people on board with what you want to do, even if it is different than what they want to do, you have to listen to them and you have to make them feel heard. I mean, Patrick Lencioni writes about this in his book, Five Dysfunctions of a Team, and which is like one of the seminal management books that if you work in a company, like you need to read this freaking book, Five Dysfunctions of a Team. He talks about buy-in being the process of making people feel heard, considered, and understood within the context of a decision even if you end up making a different decision yep. than the one they want. And that was fundamentally ignored and it continues to be ignored today. And so I do agree with you that I think that I don't think the right is going to win. In, I, I think the only way that the Republicans win in 2022 <clears throat> is because of the economy and because of gas prices. So like inflation and gas prices, and we'll see how the economy is going. I think that though, if if that's all going in the direction that it's currently going in, which is to say not very good, um, I think the Republicans do have a good shot of making some gains purely as a backlash to having pay, to pay $7 a gallon yep. at the gas station. Like no one wants that, right? Um, otherwise, I think they're absolutely screwed. Um, I think that maybe they have one solid presidential candidate for 24, and I think that's Ron DeSantis. I think he's the only one that has any sort of shot of winning. Um, I mean, barring, of course, whether or not Joe Biden is actually the person running for re-election, in which case I don't think Kamala Harris is winning anything anytime soon. I think they could probably run like, a, you know, weekend of Bernie's like dead guy and beat her. Um, but, you know, I mean, like, I, 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 I think that the Republicans are in for a rude awakening. And I think a lot of them think that they have much more momentum coming out of 2020 than they do. And part of the reason that I think that they're they're losing more than they think is because, like, you and I are both walkaways, 100%. essentially. Mm-hmm. Right. We both come we both come from the left. We left. We voted we got on the Trump train to greater or lesser extents. We voted for Trump. Um and like I don't know about you, but I'm like I'm like watching the Republicans. I'm like, go screw. Yep. I don't want to vote I for mean, any of these people. The one thing I'll say, so like about that is yeah, I mean I to me, you know, just cards on the table, I personally don't think it matters in, in that and so what I mean by that is like, I don't think that the election results were legitimate. No, So here's the thing. So there's there's two possibilities here, all right? And I think both of these are terrifying. So the first one is, um, let's say that, like, the things that I fear are the stuff with the mail-in ballots, and I just think that there is just too much stuff there for me to think that it was, that everything was legitimate, okay? And so I'm like, okay, if that's true, they learned how they can get away with this, all right, um, for numerous reasons. And so I don't see, I don't see how... Right. Like they wouldn't try to repeat that process because let's say it is someone like DeSantis, like they're the Republican party is not going to run like a Mitt Romney type. They're just not. So they're going to run someone who's at least somewhat like cast in the, in the mold of Trump. And then the media will do the same thing to them. So that's, that's my point. Number two, 
either they know they actually can steal elections, which is terrifying. Okay. And with impunity. And by they, again, I, I don't think that there was some vast conspiracy of people who got together on Thursdays and chatted about this. I just think you had the people in these places that had been drinking the Kool-Aid of Trump's Hitler for a long time and they just knew what to do. Um, and they're like, they did the thing that most of that, honestly, you or I would probably do if we believed those things. If like, yeah, I'm not going to let this guy get elected. Like, yeah, I would cheat. I would totally cheat if I thought it was Hitler. Like, I don't care. Like, gladly say that. I think that's a moral thing to do. Um, but the other thing is, is let's say, yeah, let's say the good. election was totally legitimate in terms of the votes, in terms of the votes. The other terrifying side of that coin is that the media can can control the elections, is that the media can just spew bullshit and lies for four years yes. and people will believe it and eat it up. And so like that, that is almost more terrifying to me, to be honest, because it's like the amount of, at least with the other thing, you got a small handful of people in some places. And so it's like, okay, so the system, it's, it's more about this, like, just get, make sure we have election transparency, transparency, which goes to your point about people being heard. It's like, okay, you don't think I'm, I should be president. Fine. Let's do a bunch of things to make sure that there is, this is a, window into the into the process and so you have confidence in the next election that's fine they're not doing that but my point is is you could do that if it was just a handful of people in some of these cities if it's this entire media complex and big tech that can sufficiently propagandize the Mm -hmm. culture and the society to vote like on bullshit like again i call these these uh hoax hills that people will die on like how many people do you think actually believe trump called neo-nazis and, and white supremacists very fine people like today i bet you it's over 30 percent, right and and so all of a these lot. things like you could go down the list yeah and I, see I like yeah. how big is blue anon actually right it's huge and that's because of the media just shoving lies down their throat so my point is either way like okay you say i'm crazy people think that that okay the election is totally legit that's fine i will take that i would like to be right or be wrong about that but if I'm wrong about that, then it still is like, okay, but how much do you think the media coverage of Trump and, and all of the dishonesty, Russia, 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 all of that stuff impacted the election then? Like, it, it had, I mean, that, that would have been the thing. That's the defining thing. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, I don't, I don't like what the Republicans are doing. I don't like what the Democrats are doing, obviously. Um, but I'm more worried about like the – this establishment thing, whatever it is, that's in control of the institutions that seeks to preserve itself. It's got this, it's at the top of the hierarchy of information and power, and it's not trying to help the people. You know, the me- the media is not trying to inform you. Education isn't trying to educate you. And leaders aren't trying to, to lead you. All of the things at the top of those various uh, institutions are just trying to preserve themselves. Um, and that is, is even more terrifying to me. It's like, okay, yeah, Republicans suck. Democrats suck. We got rid of all of the, them tomorrow. We would still have all of these, like the things that are actually controlling, like Republicans are beholden to constitute or to, not to constituents. Democrats are beholden to constituents. They would all turn on a dime if the media held their feet to the fire. If, um, the institutions were doing what they were supposed to be doing, they would. One of the things I noticed in that chart about the, the GDP, um, that I met referenced earlier is that you see in the early nineties, it actually starts to go down and, and it hits this very low point in around 2000. 
And I think part of that was because Reagan spent like crazy. Conservatives don't like to admit that, but he did. Um, but you had uh, that his uh, successor, George George W. Bush, um, didn't spend as much. But the, what I'm saying here is is that the Republicans in the uh, House and Senate held Clinton's feet to the fire to make sure that he balanced the budget and we spent less. And so my point is, is these politicians, they do what they have to do to stay in power. So I like to me, the things that have to burn, if we want to fix that, like they're, they're just, they'll do like, you know, they get whoever constituents or whatever institutions say jump, they say how high, I mean, they're all hollowed out. They'll do whatever they think, whatever they want to do or whatever someone tells them to do, if they think it'll help them stay in power. But the, it's the, the media and the, uh, higher ed and tech that it seems to me is like way more of, of the thing because also in the, and this is the last thing I'll say, like, why do you think someone like Nancy Pelosi or someone like Joe Biden or whatever, like they mirror so or repair it so much of this woke crap because they, they think that's what pe- constituents want to hear. That's what they, the media says all this stuff and they think this is the thing. They, they don't believe right. that crap. You think someone who's in their eighties is actually on board. Like, come on, get out of here. No, 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 no. I, like so, my point is is that those are the things that I think have to be burned, like ash, like atomized. Like there can't be anything left, um, and that's the way that I. If we, if those, it, let's say politics is redeemable, I'm not sure it is. Um, but if they were redeemable, that's how we would have to do it: is by influencing the things that influence them, because they're not at the top of the influence hierarchy. They're just not. Right. No, I, I totally agree with you on this. And I kind of think, you know, um, I, I agree that the more scary notion is that the media and big tech influence this election. Then uh, I, I am I'm far more afraid of that than I am of like actual election, you know, shenanigans or whatever you want to call it. Because the thing of it is, is like, you know, let listen, let, let's just say for a second mm-hmm. there were election shenanigans. There are different processes playing out in different states right now where they're figuring out what went wrong. Some states are passing laws against it. It's not a perfect system, but at least there, there are people making changes. And if, if that was the only issue was election shenanigans, I could kind of see more hope in that, at least from a long term perspective, because there are it's people solvable. working on different things. OK, but I agree with you that the much larger problem. Yeah, it's a solvable problem. It's it's not solvable in like the near term. It's not like a snap your fingers and it's fixed problem, but it's a solvable problem in the way that that our system advances. But when we're it comes to the media being highly cognizant that they can control an election outcome or big tech experiencing no repercussions on just banning anyone at the drop of a hat for any reason, even though that is blatantly against Section 230. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry it is. And like that, that is a much scarier problem. And the fact that no one is willing to rein them in. I mean, listen, like one of the moments for me that I just thought was so indicative of how bad the Republican Party is is when it when this study came out that's that said that hydroxychloroquine and zinc is actually really effective at treating covid and what was it it was like significantly more effective in terms of keeping people off the respirators i I may have misquoted that but it was like it was some sort of study that says this really does have a significant impact on covid and i remember back to when that black i think haitian doctor you know started coming out during the the very early stages of the pandemic and she was very passionate about like i use this in my clinic and it works and i have had no deaths in my clinic and and she was vilified by 
everyone. Anyone who posted that video anywhere was like blocked or banned or taken down or any of these things, absolutely vilified. And then we find out over about a year later that she was 100% correct. Now that's bad enough that, that someone was vilified over something that turned out to be correct. But here is the bigger evil. Where were the Republicans to say big tech banned a lot of people over this exact issue? Big tech, like you were banned off Facebook. You got banned off Twitter for even suggesting that hydroxychloroquine might be an effective thing because they all hated Trump so much that they took something that was a generic drug that is that is very cheap to to get a hold of. And they absolutely just vilified it and made it this evil and, and just lied about it. And there was absolutely no reason that that drug couldn't have been used in consultation with people's doctors, of course, because there were some side effects, but it was a known quantity. It was something that was understood. Why didn't every single Republican and I'm particularly talking about Ted Cruz and Josh Hawley, who have run on opposing like what big tech is doing, why didn't every single one of them come out and say, you blocked and banned thousands of people for sharing this information? It turned out to be correct. What are you going to do about it now? This was one of the most overt cases that I've seen of, of just actual evidence that big tech is wrongfully mm. setting the narrative and the Republicans did nothing. They did nothing. And it's just like, if they are going to speak up on issues like this that are so clear cut, then what, like, like, what are we doing? What are we doing here? Or is this a serious discussion? Because I don't think it is. There is no pushback on the media. There is no pushback on big tech. They can do whatever they want. Maybe the only bright shining spot that I see in this is that people are starting to trust hmm. them less and less and less. So like less than half the country, I believe. I think I think the last thing I thought saw was something like you know, 36% or something of people so trust the media. Here's sorry, go on. I, I uh, go ahead. Uh, okay. No, no, no. Who's that's who's what you're saying? Is this the like, media? That's what you meant. Thirty six percent trust the media. Okay. Yeah. 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 The, the, like the mainstream media. Um yeah. so I have a few I have a few thoughts on everything you just said there. Um so that I think that is a bright spot, kind of. So I, I'm just going to go down the list because you hit on a lot of things that I think are all like strings that go to a lot of like really important like mm-hmm. meta things. But so the first one is uh, that thing with um, hydroxychloroquine. I mean, that's what Brett Weinstein just experienced with the doing the ivermectin thing. Um, you know, his channel just got demonetized on YouTube, which at this point, I think that like, well, is that's it? Crazy. I mean, they this is what they do. Like we, it's one of those things that you're like, of course, of course they did. And so, and you know, Brett, like he tweeted out something that, Oh, this is like half of our family's income. And it's like, well, Dave Rubin's been telling you that you should probably get on an alternative platform for a while now, you know? So at this point it's like, dude, you, you knew, you know? And so, and what was funny is that when it, uh, actually, Oh, I don't, I don't feel sorry for him. Well, I feel a little I bit. I feel a little sorry. Yeah, no, him, but I, I was starting to go on a tangent about <laughs> sorry, something else there, but I'll, I'll, I'll I might mention it later because there is something that frustrates me about like some of the intellectuals um, in this space. But anyway, um, so I mean that's the same thing that happened there. You know, in terms of like the Josh Hawley and Ted Cruz and them, I think that they, I don't want to say they've done nothing. I think that they might not have piggybacked on that example. They have, you know, they brought those people in front of their their committees and and interviewed them. It's just that they. The the thing that they would have to do is repeal that section, you know, two thirty eight or whatever it is that gives them immunity from this stuff. That that, that makes it like, well, no, you're a publisher, 
Um, and so like, because they're acting as a publisher with the impunity of a platform. So yeah, it'd be nice if they could do that. I don't think they're going to get, um, support to do that, but, but they haven't done nothing. I just don't think they've done much. And there's, and I think the one thing they can do there, they can't get enough support to do it. Um, the other part about whenever you, you know, you're talking about the trusting the media. Go ahead. But you know, you know, though, hang on, hang on. You, you know, though, like Fair they enough. could have at least yeah. made a statement. Like sure. they could have released a statement saying this is nonsense. We caught you in the act. Like, I mean, to me, that's like, you know, I, I think we can all accept that. Listen, they don't control things. They're not in power. It's probably going to go nowhere. But you can at least send tweet. a GD press yeah. release. Yeah, you could at least Come tweet about on. it. No, that, that, that's totally fair. That's totally fair. Or tweet. Um, yeah. Fair enough. Yeah. Um, so, but the, the other point about what you said about the people trusting in the media going down, I am actually, so I am dubious, uh, or I, I am not dubious. I am uh, uh, skeptical of, of those types of, of polling data because I think they, they're, they mean, they don't mean what people, what people think they mean. Um, so like for me, for example, tr- like what is, what does it mean there? What do you think that they mean when they say that? Right? Like, what are they thinking about? So, cause the real world examples I know of is I know people who, who are on the left who say, yeah, CNN is insufferable still. And they'll be like, yeah, what has happened to CNN? They're just, they just become a partisan thing. Thank God NPR and the New York times haven't done that. And so, and it's like, no, 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 no. So oh, that's my point is, is it like, you're right. We don't know how they're conceptualizing at. And there's other Pew data. So I went through this, oh man, I don't know. I made a video, but I don't even remember what it was about, but it was, a, I think it was something about information. Uh, I think it was the one actually, are we gaslighting each other? Um, but so it's almost exactly 20% of people on the left and almost exactly 20% of people on the right. I think it's like 18% in one and like 20 on the other. I don't know. But anyway, who they get their news. So they're news consumers who get their news exclusively from their partisan sides. So that's 20% of Democrats as 20% of Republicans, right? Um, mm. So that right there is is about like what, I mean, you're looking at, that's about 10, 20% of the population right there. Um, and so, and then there's others who who were part of a different thing that said that they get, oh man, I'm going to get these numbers wrong, but I'll be wrong in the right direction. It was about another 20 to 30% who said they get their news exclusively from social media. And so it's like, which, which is an echo chamber also. So if you're on the left and you're getting your news from social media, mm-hmm. you're, you're getting it from a leftist echo chamber. Same if you're on the right. Um, and so like, my point is, is that if someone says, let's say someone talks to um, a person who's like center left, you know, a very smart person, you know, crypto woke or whatever thing. And they say, Hey, do you trust the media? Do you trust the media? Depending, they might say yes. They might say no. They might say, oh, no, I don't. You know, they're, they're liars or biased and it's like, well, yeah, but do you trust NPR? Well, yeah, of course I trust NPR. That's not the same, you know? And so like, I had the same thing where I was, um, uh, talking to, it was like one of my parents about the same kind of thing where they were like, I think it was my dad who he said, I try to get, <laughs> cause he was talking about CNN and he said, you know, I try to get my news from like five different sources to make sure that I'm getting like all these different perspectives. And he was like, so I go to the New York times CNN, NPR, the Wash, like uh, I think the Kansas City Star and the the Wall Street Journal. And I said, you're getting them from about four and a half 
It's like a four and a half to 0.5 ratio there. Like the Wall Street Journal is okay sometimes, but like all the rest of those are going to be saying the same thing. So my point is, is that, yeah, I, I, I think that it's yeah. good that there is some distrust happening there, but I think that what is happening is, so the way I conceptualize it is, uh, so um, Dave Rubin, this is actually fresh in my mind because he did a video yesterday where he was talking about how, I guess like Jake Tapper's show decreased by like 75% in viewership um, from like a spike in, in January. And so he was, poor Jake. Poor Jake and so, but he, and so Dave was celebrating that. And I'm like, okay, that's good. But we don't know what that represents. If all of those people just went and started watching a, like Rachel Maddow or Brian Stelter instead, like what happened? You know what I mean? And so like we, there, I think that there's, it's probably not as good. Like what we need them to say is I don't, I'm not watching Jake anymore because he's full of shit and is partisan. And also so are these other people like that, like shifting from one source of propaganda to another is not like the thing, you know what I mean? And so anyway, I I hope that it is like wide scale people saying all of it sucks. Right. Um, But I'm just, I'm not convinced that that's the case. No, I mean, you're probably right about that. And I just find, you know, it's it, it, do you, when when did you when did you red pill? When did that happen for you? No, no, That's no. Where I'm going um, with this. So for me, I, I was since I am some so I'm like a I just care about what's true. Like, you know, and so I I did not like Trump. Um but I would say like the big red pill stuff for me was whenever I was hearing people in the news cause I was covering the, or I was um, following the election and the primaries and stuff really closely when I was hearing them say things that I, that I knew weren't true based on like videos. I actually, you know, what's funny is um, does it, isn't it Brandon Strzok who says mm-hmm. that the mimicking a handicapped reporter was like one of the main red pill things for him. What, didn't, isn't that Brandon Strzok who said that? The clip. Yeah, that, that, that was so that, that was him. That was a big one for me too. That was him. Um, was that yep. one? Was I saw someone showed a video of like, here's Trump actually doing this with a bunch of other people, and I was like, oh, okay. And just ha- having those types of things happen, um, where you know, honestly, like when it really started, whenever they were like, well, he called Mexicans rapists and murderers, and I'm like, okay, I watched that. No, he didn't. You know, he worded it like poorly. It was clumsy, but he definitely didn't say that. Um, and so, yeah, I think just seeing, seeing them as liars, like, and again, I still didn't even vote for him in 2016, even though I knew that they were lying about him, but it was whenever they were really lying about him. And whenever I was seeing the crazy reactions after the election, um, and Charlottesville was pretty shortly after that. And I, and I watched the thing in Charlottesville. I'm like, that's not what he said. And just hearing that parroted, like wall to wall coverage of this is what he said. And I'm like, no, fuck all you guys. You're liars. This is crazy. Like, how are you lying like this? And and so anyway, but just, just seeing their lies, but I was interested in what was true. I was, I would look at the independent thing. So I had a thing to contrast it with. And I think most people just don't have that or do that, but that, that was it for me. I don't know if that really is your question, but just catching them in their lies. Well, you know, 
No, no, no. I think it, I think it does definitely. I mean, so what I heard is like, you're, you were like early on in, in like the 2016 election just because it was so, and, and shortly thereafter because it was just so blatantly obvious. And, you know, I think back to, um, you know, where I was at that point. And I think it's, it's interesting that you said that you were interested in the truth and you would like purposefully seek out that independent perspective. Like I'll flat out admit where I was in my life at that point, it was kind of like, it was, it's a weird thing. And I've thought about this a lot because I definitely noticed little things like that. Like the whole Mexican rapist thing. I, I remember thinking that's not, he didn't really say that like, come on. But at the same time, I was, I purposefully had mm. on MSNBC in my house all day, every day. And it was, it was very purposeful. I was like, I only want people that, that are talking about this perspective. I don't want to hear any other perspective. Like, and it was, I don't know if it was just that I was, I, you know, I guess I didn't believe hmm. they were lying to me as badly as they were. It, there was just, I, and maybe it was just like a, a lot of cognitive dissonance where like, I didn't, maybe, maybe it was, it wasn't that I didn't believe it because like I said, there were those nuggets every once in a while. Neil Gorsuch was another one for me. Um, the Hobby Lobby case was another one for me. Like the Hobby Lobby case was a big one. Cause I was like, that, that they, they were offering like 16 different types of birth yep. control. You couldn't pick one like that. So stuff like that. <clears throat> We're like thinking that Neil Gorsuch actually seemed like a reasonable person and a good man. And maybe he's not on my side of the political spectrum, but Trump wasn't going to nominate someone that was on my side. Like, and so the best I can hope for Gorsuch is Kavanaugh? a good man. And he seemed like that to me. Okay. No, okay. I mean, Gorsuch. I don't like Kavanaugh. I don't like Kavanaugh. I don't, I really do not like Kavanaugh at all, but I always liked Gorsuch. I thought Gorsuch, I was like, fine, like whatever, like, you know, there, there are probably worse people that we could have had. Um, and so there were little things like that for me, but at the same time, I really like at that point, I purposefully wanted my perspective reinforced. So it was almost like, even with those little things, it was causing cognitive dissonance, but like the cognitive dissonance was like hmm. forcing me to retreat into kind of like my safe little world that I knew. And I guess I bring this up because, you know, I like, I, like, I wonder, has anyone to the best of your knowledge talked about kind of like the formula? for waking people up and getting them to push past that cognitive dissonance. Because I remember when I woke up, like after that Trump rally, that was an, that was that, a painful it's, it's experience. And then continuing to kind of like, it really is. It's like you, you question everything about the world and then continuing on that path. And even like the mind fuck that, and I still experience this today. Like how much more do I believe was true mm. that was never true that I that yeah. like how many more <clears throat> lies did the media sell to me just from like, you know, not even like thinking back to like, you know, Obama or even before Obama, like how many more lies was I sold that are not true? And it's like it's an impossible thing to go back and unpack. And so I guess I say it's like it's like I I think one of the if if one of the things that I think would help me be a little bit more white pilled right now is if I saw yep. more people waking up and I don't know why some people take the red pill and some don't. So to, I think part of it is I, the one of the, every metaphor breaks down somewhere. And I think one of them with the red pill, you know, metaphor is that I, I think that's a conscious choice. In, at least in the movie. Um, and I think for some people it is, but I think for other people is it's like, if a person is honest and intellectually curious, um, it's not like I just went where the truth went. I, it's not like I was trying to unlearn things or trying to discover things. It was just like, wait a second. So something's fishy here. You know what I mean? And so, it, and 
Um, I think some people are red pilled, I think because it like burst into their lives and they just were like, okay, it, it is what it is. I just experienced this thing. And so it's kind of like being shaken awake, you know? And so it's like, you didn't choose to do that, but here you are. Um, like I think Brett Weinstein's a good example. Jordan Peterson probably is a good example. Um, you know, of just people who it's like this thing just showed up into their lives. And so like, there's two things there. Well, at least two, like the first one is, is people. And this is where I, I think I've mentioned this to you before of like converts versus casualties is that the people who are fighting this stuff and actually are waking up to it are almost always casualties of it. Like they had a bad experience and they saw the monster up close and they're like, Oh shit. And so like that's, but the way that happens is by the expansion of power and the expansion of this stuff into people's lives, which is, it's another way of saying like, as this thing gets stronger, more people realize that it's bad, but it's like, okay, but like it's doing damage as that's happening. Like that's not a good model for, you know, trying to accumulate some kind of pushback against something that's destroying us. Like any army that all of their recruits were wounded soldiers from the other side like that's not that's not a good method of of you know recruiting and so like we need to have a way to make converts and not and not just accept casualties you know and, and this is actually i think that like i don't really like um i won't say i don't like i would say i don't i don't agree with a lot of what ben shapiro does you know and but there are people like and like daily wire people i think that they're um not all of them like i like jeremy boring uh, a lot actually um but Huh? Shills. Shills. Oh, shills. No, I think I think boring's actually. A... No, no, I don't think so. You're looking for? I think that they. <laughs> I don't know. I I don't really want. There's there's a lot to it. I think that they keep their eyes closed on stuff. Um, and so they're they're part of the conservatism that is like has its own prim and proper kind of thing. Um, like they, you know, I think they have their own version of the 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 deplorables. You know, I think mm -hmm. that. The fact that Shapiro, you know, said that the, everything that happened on January 6th was like evil people and that there was nothing, no evidence of anything going wrong with the election. I was like, all right, I'm done with you, man. Like, the, like you're not even trying here. And so like, but, but here's, here's the, the side. What I will say is, is that people like Ben Shapiro serve as what I call like a safety net. And, and like in that, if there's, if whenever a person is waking up to this stuff, it's like realizing you're in a burning building and you're just trying to get out. And I think that finding like readily accessible, like PragerU and like Ben Shapiro clips of things of him explaining things is actually really like, that was huge for me. Uh, I watched a lot of like Crowder, like I don't like Crowder as like regular show, but Crowder has good videos where he like debunks certain things. Um, and, and he, the dude is totally unparalleled in terms of his sources. He's like, and that's why I think to my knowledge, Crowder has won like every single like time that he has challenged YouTube on something. Cause the dude keeps the receipts. He fact checks everything he does. But so for, for me, like going and watching these guys, like talk about these issues and I'm like, Oh shit. Okay. That makes sense. And then not just taking it face value, but going and trying to verify it, but just having that other information. I think those types of guys are really good at just saying, here's the other perspective on these issues from a fact basis. Like this is what you're probably told about like race or gun crime or whatever. Here's the data Go and you know, check, check my notes. That's fine. 
but they will give the other perspective. And so like to your question about anyone that's like actively red pilling people, you know, I think that conservatives are trying. I really do. I think people are trying people like us making content. I think we're trying, um, but we have a huge gap in terms of the information getting to people and them also being curious because another way, you know, what you're talking about earlier about whenever you first wake up to this stuff, it is hard of going, Oh, like, okay, how much was I lied to? How much of the things that I actually unconsciously am basing like my perspectives of reality on are just total bullshit, you know? And so like, okay, what about the housing crisis? You know, what about the war in Iraq? Like all of these things, like, you know what I mean? Like, doesn't matter. I'm, you know, all of it, it's really right. difficult. And so what we're basically asking people to do is say, okay, actually most of the th- the beliefs you hold that you think are moral probably aren't. Um, your good intentions are irrelevant, you know, because the things you're advocating for are disastrous. Uh, also, all of your friends that you know that are sincere in these beliefs are wrong. And oh, also, you know how you guys shit talk and have probably denigrated all of these other people who disagree with you? Um, that's what's going to happen to you if you decide to go through this across this threshold. Um, and so like, I just think it's, it's a big ask of a lot of people. I'm not saying it's a wrong ask. It's like, it's another way of saying, Hey, grow a pair and do what's right. You know? And, but most people don't want to do that. They just want to live their lives. And so, but I think that there is Mm -hmm. the fact that there is a lot of resources to help catch people after they do have like some type of moment where they asking questions. Cause another way of wording this is like, are you going to continue to accept what you're told or are you going to start asking questions? Um, and try to investigate other like methods of, of answering those questions. And so I think there's a lot of places that are helping people answer those questions. Um, but it's not, it's not the same. I don't, I don't know what the answer is, but this is a thing. I mean, I know I, I'm pretty sure I've talked about this before. Like we've got to figure out how to make converts. We have to figure out how to make converts. Like there has to be a way to do this. Mm -hmm. Um, that was why I told you, like, I think I texted you a while back about the civil rights thing. I'm like, okay, can we copy the civil rights movement, you know, in some way? you know, in terms of like helping people get eyeballs onto the immorality of what's going on. Like, I don't know, but I think we have to think of something that is different from the model that we have in front of us. Um, anyway, I mean, I don't know where you're going with that in terms of like the red pill stuff or if that answers your question, but. Well, no, I, I, I totally agree with you. And I think this is kind of got, you know, we're, we're kind of talking about making converts being the thing that might like help mm-hmm. us unscrew yep. the situation. Right. So that that kind of worked out nicely. But I mean, the thing that I'm learning now is that, you know, in and, you know, I'd be interested in your thoughts on this. You know, as hard as it was to wake up for me, um, I felt like before the election, I at least like had a home in like the whole MAGA thing that was going on, because it was kind of like like for people who, you know, have a, you know, for people who haven't experienced it or don't understand, like MAGA is not just like old fogey Republicans and conservatives and all it is like a mishmash of people from like all of their walks. There are a lot of liberals in the MAGA movement. There are a lot of, you know, there are, there are LGBT people in the MAGA movement. There are like, you know, you know, you know, minorities in the MAGA movement. It's like, it's like all these like kind of people that, um, that uh, come from different uh, points of view, different walks of life, but that mm-hmm. are kind of like over the bullshit 
like that those are the people that are in the MAGA movement, the people that that are red pilled, the people that maybe they didn't agree on everything, but they saw what was going on. And that to me, like like between that and walk away, that felt like a mm. home before the election. I was like, okay, maybe maybe I don't agree with Republicans on everything. And God knows that's true. Maybe I only agree with them on 50% of things. But you know what? They've got this big tent thing going on. It feels really good. There are people from all different perspectives. And, you know, that's kind of what what I think really helped me through 2020. Well, after the election, mm-hmm. this all changed. It all changed. Like, I feel like the whole MAGA thing completely fell apart. The Republicans went back to being the party that I always hated to begin with. And now on top of that, like, it seems as though the entire Republican strategy is just you know, everything that Joe Biden does is bad yeah. and AOC is stupid every couple of weeks or some big AOC flare up. And it's like, you know what? I could have made converts with what hmm. it was like before the election. I don't know how to make converts of what's going on right now. And the thing of it, too, is like, you know, and I understand that my perspective is a little bit unique in this because God knows not everyone should be out in the public as much as I am. That's not something that I, like, I don't even want to do it. So I totally understand like why a lot of other people don't want to do it. But, um, but like for me, you know, seeing as I started to talk about these issues and talk about what I thought, where I thought the Republican party was going the, in the wrong direction and why. And I, I feel like I've always been perfectly reasonable in my perspective on here. I feel like I've always, you know, tried to say like, you know, I don't think this is everyone, but this is like, this is the wrong direction. You guys are going to piss people off. You're losing people like me. Well, who are they directing their anger to? They're not directing their anger at the party leadership, which they all hate, by the way, the GOP all hates their party leadership. But they're directing their anger at me for pointing it out. And I'm like, if this is the road you guys are really going to take is you're going to be angry at people who are not staying, who are not, you know, unquestioningly staying on your team. And it's almost like they 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 thought that they might. I, no, I'm kind of thinking this through as I'm saying it out loud, but it's almost like they really thought that that because I left the Democrats that I would automatically yep. default over to to the Republicans and not change mm. no matter what. They really thought that that was my only other option. And I'm like, no, I actually have an option to like sit in the middle and think that both of you guys are crazy. <laughs> and maybe I'll go hang out with the libertarians a little bit because at least they're doing something interesting right now, which is a totally different subject. But like, I like I am not going to default over to the Republicans, no matter how much I hate the Democrats when you guys are screwing up. And so in this environment, I think it becomes really hard to create converts because there's literally nowhere yep. for them to yeah, go. Yeah, that's the the metaphor that Bridget Phetasy used in that article she wrote, I mean, years ago. This might have been 2018 or something, uh, maybe maybe earlier. But when she said, you know, she equated the Democratic Party is like, you know, her local bar, her favorite bar to go to. She was familiar. She recognized it and how, you know, then it got taken over by all of these like she she quitted like, OK, now it's a bunch of hipsters serving stuff that I don't recognize and then I don't want to drink. And so she's like, OK, I'm, I don't want to go to this bar anymore. Um, but she's like, I don't automatically feel like, you know, there's this other bar like that I wasn't going to like I wasn't going to that one for a reason either. You know, like there was a reason I wasn't going to that one. So she's like, no, nah, I'm just in the street, you know, like, you know, and that's where that mm-hmm. politically homeless thing comes from. Um, but no, I think you're exactly right. You know, I, I will say that I sympathize a little bit with uh, at least the situation that the Republican Party's in right now. Um, you know, I can see that it's like, okay, so we have this president that most of them didn't even want to get on board with to begin with because a lot of their, 
spoiler alert, the establishment swamp is not just on the left. Like, okay, like there's a lot of Republicans didn't like Trump too. Um, and so like, Mm-mm. and then he, you know, loses, but there's all these irregularities. And so then they're like, okay, but what do we do here? And I will say, you know, to Ted Cruz's credit, and this is another reason why I was like, I think I, the very, there are just certain things that I'm, my mind just goes, fuck you. And like Ben Shapiro's reaction to what Ted Cruz said, whenever Cruz was like, Hey, whether or not you think this is, and this goes to what you're talking about, how like in order to have legitimacy and to bring people along with you, you have to listen. And Ted was like, whether or not you agree with this, this is a lot of people think. And so we can't just ignore this. We need to address this. And Ben Shapiro did this whole segment where he's like, just because a lot of people think something, that means we have to respect it. Like, that's not true. I'm like, fuck you, you idiot. That's exactly what you have to do. That's how you get rebellions and actual insurrections. Otherwise, like you people have to feel like they are that they are part of the process. Here's one of two things. OK, you either investigate it and show that nothing happened to restore their faith in the process or you investigate it and find something happened and then you rectify it, which also restores people's faith in the process. But like to say, just because a bunch of people think something um, that you, that shouldn't be investigated. It's like, no, 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 that's dead wrong. So that's another reason why Ben pissed me off by those kinds of things. But, but Ted Cruz to his credit was, was saying that. Um, and so, but I think after what happened on the sixth and really, I don't think it's about after what happened on the sixth. I think it's after how the media portrayed what happened on the sixth and made it, so radioactive for anyone that that I think that the well, Republicans yeah. are between a rock and a hard place where it's like, okay, if we try to, again, um, go along with anything associated with Trump, we're going to get pulled through this. And by the way, I think this is, I'm not saying that this is correct thinking. I'm just saying I understand their thinking um, because the mistake in all of it is that the media will treat you honestly if you do a thing and you're a Republican. It's like, no, the media will not treat you honestly if you're a Republican, period. So trying to make them happy by avoiding this thing over here is is dumb. But I understand the math that they're doing. It's like, okay, well, Trump's radioactive. So we need his voters, but we can't like actually do anything with that publicly or, or obviously because then we'll get associated with this stuff. And so we need to figure something out here. Like it's cowardly. I think it's cowardly. I think that it's one of the reasons why Trump got elected was because of feckless people like that. And so it's like, I get it. So, so uh, they are in a difficult spot, but to the, the broader issue to me is like, I don't think about like right now, I am very far from thinking about this stuff in terms of Republican and Democrat, because like I said, I don't think the elections are like, it's like, okay, we have to get we have to reduce the boiling point or the, the temperature, reduce it from boiling um, with the society. Because to a thing you said earlier that hit me, reminded me of, of two things here. Um, Cause you were talking about uh, again, the people not being heard and that's, that's legitimacy comes from Malcolm Gladwell did this talk about legitimacy a long time ago and always stuck with me. Cause he was looking at what happens, like what causes uh, actual civil wars and rebellions is it's like, okay, or, and the opposite of that is people viewing their, their authority as legitimate. And one of the things is you have to feel heard. Like you said, you have to feel heard, um, that your grievances have at least been listened to and considered. Um, and so anyway, but what made me think of it is there, I read two articles. Go ahead. It seems like you want to say something. Go ahead. Well, no, I was going to say, like, I actually think I, I disagree that the Republicans were put in a rock and a hard place. I think the Republicans made a piss poor choice in, in terms of how they totally. dealt with the aftermath of January 6th. I really do. And I think that they had an opportunity to, again, 
stick up for the people that put them in office. And I feel like almost every single Republican, to include conservative media, absolutely threw the voters under the bus. They threw them under the bus because they didn't have the temerity to stand up and say, this was not an insurrection. I'm sorry. It wasn't. I was there. I was there. If they had wanted to tear down that building, there were minimally 50,000 people on the Capitol lawn that day. A couple hundred went inside and they shouldn't have. And that has been denounced repeatedly. But they, the, the damage that could have been done if that was an actual insurrection was so much worse. And for no one to, to, to have the temerity to stand up and say, no. We do not accept this. We are not going to denounce every single person that was there that day because the vast, 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 this was exactly. a mostly peaceful protest. That, like For them to not even take the talking points that the Democrats were using all summer long, I thought it was a stab in the back, and I think it only exacerbated yep. the no, situation. Th- whenever I say there, like I said, I don't think it was proper thinking. I think they saw themselves as between a rock and a hard place. I think, I do right. not think, I... I reject their the their like paradigm their framework there, but I'm saying I understand it. But again, it's cowardly. Um, but my my point is is that like and why I'm not thinking about this in terms of Republican Democrat, um, and at least with a lot of it, is because okay, so two articles that are both expressing the same kind of thing. So the first one I read this one from Medium, and by the way, both of these things are show that the how both at least at an establishment level the left and the right in politics republicans democrats are mirror images of each other so the first so here's an article is on medium and it was about um how uh, housing and how people young people can't get housing we can't get loans for houses and the whole article is about why capitalism is bad so here's a quote from i took some screenshots because i was planning on doing a video about it um even now after all this time uh, it still ceases. It never ceases to amaze me that lawmakers, regardless of political party, can even pretend to be as dumbfounded as they are that my generation is becoming increasingly radicalized. How can we not? How can we not become radicalized when capitalism steals everything from us, whether it be our time, our labor, our health, our homes, or even our planet? In this past year alone, all it took was a pandemic to expose every fundamental flaw and crack in the system in the dying U.S. empire. But at the rate of deterioration, one might argue is incompatible with a modern society. And so this whole thing is, so they say either we adapt moving away from capitalism and the age of neoliberalism or we die. So this is a person saying like, I can't get a home loan. People can't get home loans. And so they blame capitalism, which I think is wrong. It's batshit crazy uh, conclusion, but their assessment of the problem is right. Okay. So they're disenfranchised. They're like, this system doesn't work. So then here's another, here's a CNN article about Ashley Babbitt. You know, the woman who was shot at the Capitol, right? And they, and they, they interview, I think it was her, her mom or her brother. Uh, he said she'd, he'd spent most of her adult life in the military defending freedom of others to speak their minds. I think it was her brother who said this. He said, quote, I feel like she went to the Capitol because she felt like her voice wasn't being heard. He said, Michelle Witt, I don't know how to pronounce this last name, bristled at the notion that her daughter was an insurrectionist. To have to defend my daughter's patriotism blows my mind because she loved this country more than anyone I know. She was there to express her First Amendment right and to answer the call of a sitting president. Um, and so what you have two sides of the same coin here. You have the left ignoring people like Ashley. Like She didn't feel like her voice was being heard. 
So they they are not being heard. They're, the establishment left doesn't want to listen to the grievances right. of people on the right, and a lot of the establishment on the right doesn't want to listen to those grievances, or at least they think it's it's too radioactive to. Again, like you said, it's not a rock and a hard place, but they see it as that because they're cowards. Um, and then the right ignores the the issues of like ho- like uh, housing, or at least home loan stuff. Student loans, I think, is the root of almost all of this. Um, ignores like issues of student loans, and so then you have people being radicalized on the left. Who are like, fuck capitalism. Yeah. And so like, that's what I'm thinking about is we are increasing our people on the left and right who are, who are increasingly disenfranchised, who feel like the system doesn't work for them, who feel like it doesn't matter what they do. And they're, what they have is the people that they think are leading their side are just directing their hate to the other side. They're not actually listening to their grievances. They're just directing their hate to the other side. And, 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 and it is working as a distraction, kind of. But the problem is, is it's not a tenable distraction. It also doesn't do anything about the problems as the problems get worse. And so it's just going to lead to increased disillusionment with the entire system and demoralization and radicalization of people on the left and right who say, fuck it, capitalism or fuck it, whatever other thing. And and so it's like they're they're done. And so to what you said way earlier of like the people's – the what people actually care about isn't being addressed. It's like, they might not care about the minutia of politics, but they care about whether or not they can get a home loan. They care about whether or not they're going to get mugged going to the grocery store, or if a hobo can sleep in their yard and shit on their sidewalk and a police officer is going to do anything about it. Like, and so that's the thing I'm thinking about is like, people have to recalibrate their expectations, of these institutions. And they also have to rally around and like dig through the crap that's being presented to them as like, the answer, like Bernie Sanders is the only one saying anything about home or student loans. So he's the only one they're going to listen to, you know? And so anyway, my, my point is, is that too many people are frustrated, too many people, and they're frustrated for good reason, by the way. I'm not saying that they don't, I'm frustrated. You're frustrated, right? So it's like, but there are too many people who are saying this is not working and are going to be more and more open to radicalism. And so it's like, I think that there is, both of them have to be addressed getting the Republicans to listen, getting the Democrats to listen, um, but also trying to help people understand, uh, at least on the ground level of like, no, this isn't capitalism. No, it isn't this other thing, you know? And so trying to help steer the frustration of the population like towards proper targets. Because again, like I said earlier, the, the, the politicians respond to the people. As long as their distractions of don't get mad at me, get mad at those other guys are working, then nothing's going to change. But I think we have to wake people up on a, like a local level. I mean, I'm talking about like the population at ground level, grassroots kind of thing to like, no, no, it's not capitalism's fault. It's not this thing's fault. It's not that thing's fault. And to, to make that known to the people at the top. And so that, that's what I'm thinking about. I don't think we're going to be able to change Republicans or Democrats or anything else, but, but that's what I'm thinking about is like, how close are we to a total, a total break, a breakdown of society in America? Less than 10 years, in my opinion, uh, if things keep going like this. I, I Yeah, I was going to say, I don't think we're that far away. I really don't. And I think, you know, I agree with you that we're not going to change Republicans and Democrats because they're always going to follow the will of their voters. And this is something that I feel like I've just beaten this dead horse with the Republican voters. Like, you know, because the Democrats aren't going to listen to me, obviously. I'm not yeah. going to waste my time trying to communicate over there. They don't listen. They don't want to <clears> listen. I know I'm making broad generalizations. I'm sure there are some Democrats that really do want the truth and they maybe just haven't been provided an opportunity. Fine, whatever. But like, Republican voters, like, I feel like I've been beating, trying to beat it into them over and over again, that if you continue to vote for these awful politicians, 
they're going to just keep serving you up awful politicians to vote for. You're giving them the seal of approval. You're you're telling them that this is okay. You're telling them that this is what you want. And it's only when you say no to something does anything change. And the answer that I universally get is, well, they're better than the Democrats. They're pro-life. Like every excuse in the book to not do something. And I think that this is like, and this goes back to just, you know, we, we're talking about like, you know, the cultural, the culture needs to change for the politicians need to change. Well, for the culture to change, the mm-hmm. people have to have a will for it to change. And I just don't think there's the will for it. And it's kind of like, did you, um, so I know like, you know, like the short yep. story Harrison yep. Bergeron, right? Did you ever see the, the crappy no, I made heard for good TV things about movie? the movie. Someone told me that it was actually decently well made, um, but I've never seen it. I, I shouldn't say crappy. Like it's a, it, it actually is like not the worst movie in the world. It's actually is on it really? YouTube. I watched it on YouTube. Um, but there, there's this scene at the end of the movie where nice, yeah, that's I'm gonna where totally I watch that. Yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, I don't know if it's still, but it was totally. Um, but there's a scene not to you know give everything away, yep. but like I know you know the story anyway. Um, like so, okay, so maybe for people who aren't listening, the story of Harrison Bergeron is basically about this society where they actually implement like equity, which <clears throat> basically means like if you're super smart, you have to wear a thing in your head that creates a buzzing in your head so you can't think as clearly. So they dumb you down because the goal is not to get an A in the yep. class; the goal is to get a C in the class Lowering so that everyone standards. can be on that same level. If you're a really good athlete, you have to wear like uh, weights on your legs. Lowering standards so that everyone comes out equal right well there's this scene at the end of the movie where it's been unveiled to the population what's happening it's been unveiled to them like all of the things that they're missing out on and they've been dumbed down for so long that they it doesn't even register it does like they may think it's all fine well and great and they love the show and all this stuff and then they go right Mm -hmm. back to where they were before and that's what i what i fear right now is that we're in a place and i'm saying this for people on both sides like we're in a place where if you show them like listen like this is something that is possible but but all you need to do is to stop voting for assholes that's literally all you need to do is to stop voting for assholes they're like well that sounds really nice but the other side is worse. And so I'm going to vote for my side and they're going to go right back to where they were before. And maybe like, and I, and, and it's just, it doesn't even register in their brain that something different is a possibility. If everyone goes and does the different thing, then you change the culture. If people don't want to change what's going on, then that really is my black pill moment because, you know, I can scream and you can scream and we can beg and we can plead and we can show data and we can show studies and we can do all this stuff. But if people don't want to change, <laughs> It's like, what yeah, can you I mean, really and that's do? exactly right. And, and like why, you know, for the most part, I've, especially after the election, I was like, okay, I'm glad I live in a fairly red area. I'm glad I live somewhere where most of my neighbors are sane. Um, because the bulk of the country isn't that. And the way this is heading, in my opinion is it's going to be dangerous to be like a free thinking person um, in a lot of places. And so, yeah, most people don't want to change. And so like, I I do think that, so I'm sorry, I'm trying to organize this. I, I actually think that they would and would be on board with it if there was sufficient social incentives to do that. So here would be an example, like how many people during the civil rights movement do you think actually felt like super strongly about getting rid of segregation? 
Like I'm not like I'm not saying that most people didn't, but like I think that I a know. lot of it was they were like, oh shit, yeah, this is fucked up. Um and also like I I would be an asshole if I didn't like say, yeah, we should probably get rid of that. But like I'm talking about like on a personal level. Um like we're like, no, this is wrong. I feel very strongly about this. You know, I don't know. I mean, maybe most people did. I don't know. But my guess is if they didn't have a lot of interaction with black people, then they like, I'm talking about white people. Like they probably were like, yeah, we should probably get rid of that. But you know, if, if like, I'm not going to be the person to go lead a parade either. You know what I mean? And so I think that we have to change the social incentives. And like, this is a thing, this I'm like four years on this. We have to get rid of the moral high ground of, of the left because the moral high ground is what, where they are able to derive moral high, perceived moral high ground and perceived consensus is, is where they're able to derive most of the power. Um, and so like there is so much issues here where it's like, I think that people really would be willing to change and wake up if there was social incentives to do that. If, if it was like, no, Hey, this is the good thing to do. This is the right thing to do. Like not the, don't worry about the facts and data that supports this decision, but like you can feel good about yourself here. And also you'll be validated as a good person, you know, or a logical person or reasonable person by doing this right now. That's the opposite. It's disincentivized and it's, and it happens at all levels. Like I was listening to, um, so Brid- Bridget Fetisy, this is, I'm, I'm, I might be making a contrived, uh, uh, example here, but I, I don't think it is, um, was interviewing John Haidt. And uh, I really respect John Haidt. I like him. I like The Colony of the American Mind. I think that The Righteous Mind is a, an amazing book. Um, but he, 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 he had this throwaway line about Trump and he, and he used the word lunatic. You know, the, you know, you got, you have this absolute lunatic in office and I'm like, okay, so I agree with you on so many things, but like you have a, a worldview, like a paradigm that you're, you're, like operating under that the former president was a lunatic. And it's like, I don't think he's being hyperbolic. I think he really believed that. Like it was like a Sam Harris kind of thing. I know that same thing happened. I think Christina Hoff Summers, another person I really respect kind of went off the deep end a little bit in terms of like, this guy is, is a menace and a threat to democracy. Um, and you saw that in like the Harper's letter, right? So I was, someone was talking about that Harper's letter where all those people on the left came out and, and wrote this thing, you know, Noam Chomsky about free speech. And, and, my point was actually like, no, like this is the, the good liberal equivalent of, you know, changing your profile picture to a black square or something like this is a thing they said so they could feel good about themselves of standing up for the principles. They didn't do anything. And they had a whole paragraph dedicated to the fact that Trump and the, the right was a threat to democracy. And so it's like, well, what? OK, hold on. The people you were supposedly criticizing believe that this guy is a threat to democracy. So you just validated the like the underlying motivation for them to be doing all the shit they're doing. And if you actually think this is true, like, why do you think it's a bad thing for them to be like censoring those who would like agree with this lunatic threat to democracy? Like you should want to get rid of those people. And so my point is, is that we have these things where it's like, okay, if we can have if, like, yes, people are fundamentally lazy, but they do go with the, the tide, like where the tide is going, they go with the flow whatever the zeitgeist is most times. And so if like, there's this uh, book that I, that I wrote or not, I wrote that I read about um, the third Reich and it was called when a nation forgets God. And, it, and one of the, and it was all about how Hitler incrementally changed the culture of Nazi Germany. 
And one of the things it's uh, the chapters in there as either chapter, or one of the sentences, it's always stuck with me is uh, the author said, what is legal is often presumed to be moral. And another way of saying like, what's legal is like, the, it's like, this is a normalized thing. And so whatever that is, is presumed to be moral. And so people will stick with it. Um, so we have to change the culture where the things that are like presumed to be moral, presumed to be good, you know, or whatever that we know are actually bankrupt are like treated as such. Like right now, if you stand up for what's right, you're called a bigot. All of these, this is all moral. All of it's morally rooted. None of it's rooted in facts. And so like we have to change the social incentives, but part of that is also changing some of the intellectual class that's influencing people like John Heights an influential guy. I like him um, to understand. It's like, no, 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 you, there are some things you have unlearned, but you have to, you have to unlearn all of this in terms of understanding all of the dynamics here. And as long as we have certain things, like, again, going back to like validation and legitimizing people's grievances, as long as there is like a radioactivity around, and, and it's on both sides, by the way, like there are people, conservatives, I know that if I say, Hey, Bernie Sanders, isn't wrong about this problem. His answers just suck. They'd be like, well, what do you want? Communism? I'm like, no, shut the did you hear what I said? You know, and so, and it's the same thing on the left where it's like, hey, no, right. first off, Trump wasn't a lunatic. He wasn't a yeah. Nazi or anything. Um, but also these, the the MAGA thing had has had and has valid grievances about stuff that's going on. It's like, whoa, what are you, some kind of insurrectionist, you know, racist, whatever thing. So we have to address that and you get, and it's not just the politicians, yeah. but it's these intellectuals on, on the left and on the right who have these paradigms here too, where nuances, they're in anathema to them. Um, and so, yeah, I, anyway, I don't know where I was really going with that other than to say that we have to change the culture and, uh, and that's, we have to get at the morality aspect here that's been tainted. And part of that is also bringing some of these intellectuals along with us, like uh, people like Brett Weinstein, Eric Weinstein, um, John Haidt, like all of these guys are, you know, people that are like uh, Christina off summers, like they are smart, they know what's going on, but be, there is something with them where they can't quite get on the same page as the more conservative people like I think the reason why, um, can I go on a little a tangent here? Is it okay? I feel like I already started one, but can I get do just one brief little rant? I think do I it. think one of the do reasons it. why do um, it <laughs> good go for why it. Why Brett? Because I I just gotta get this out here. I feel like I have these. I'm like screaming into an abyss sometimes. Um, but one of the reasons why Brett hasn't d didn't join locals or something like that um, was because out of spite for like Dave. I really think that. I don't know if that's right. But like, I, I have no other explanation. I think so. And, and what really? I mean is, is that they, they so someone like Brett still can't see that like Trump was not a lunatic. And so I think that, that I really think that there's no other explanation in my mind. And, and I've seen, and I don't know if you saw, like I got uh, retweeted by Eric last or like two weeks ago for I, Brett or Dave responded to Brett and I like, uh, did some type of reply that I also tagged Eric in and Dave, Dave liked it. And so then Eric was, but my point was because Brett was doing this thing where he was like, um, listen, so listen, so I'm going to tell you all this. And then like, these are the things where I'm like, fucking, why don't people listen? This is so dumb. So Brett was trying to plead with like Jack or, you know, team YouTube about this ivermectin stuff. And Eric has done the same thing before. And so I replied, um, I said, I don't know if these, you know, like attempts by you. And I tagged Eric and Eric at like trying to appeal to people that clearly don't give a shit about you are like genuine, like naive attempts to reason with them. 
or if you're and you know to your credit i didn't say it but like or if you're trying to just get the receipts to show that you tried right which is also a reasonable thing it's like maybe you're just want to have it out there where it's full record you tried and i said i don't know which one it is i said but you need a plan b bro and like that's what i was saying this is a couple weeks ago you know and and that was the the thing that dave liked and so Eric retweets me and he's like, oh, I'm not going to stop trying. Like people are, you know, because he was going on the ivermectin thing. Like if people are dying because of these guys, like I'm not going to st- stop trying to reach out to them. And I'm like, fair enough, but you still have to do other things. Like you have to come up with alternatives here. Like they don't care about you. They don't. The reason why this is so brazen, if they cared, it wouldn't be so brazen. And when they got caught, they'd be like, oh shit, and try to come up with excuses. They don't have to because they don't care. And so that was the point I was making then. And then whenever, like, and again, I'm talking about like these people who I respect and who I think understand a lot of things. Like I think Eric and Brett are both like super geniuses, Heather too. Um, and like, they're like super influential to me, but there's something that they don't understand. And this is what I'm trying to get. Okay. I'm trying to marry, like they, they need to understand this other thing too. Is that, um, so then whenever, what's his name? Uh, John McAfee died. So Eric freaks out because of what happened John understandably so it's like yeah no like there is some some fucked up thing out there and i think what i tweeted was i'm like i don't know he did John McAfee did not kill and himself and i was like this is not <laughs> whatever is running the country whatever is running no. the institutions like it's not just as simple as like the woke like there's something else to it um but eric he's like he does this whole thread where he's like i'm not fucking around anymore like da 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 thing and and I was like, I hope he's right. And so then he did, the next day he does this whole thing of where he like tags, I don't know, 30 people, 40 people maybe. And he's like, it's time to put aside petty differences, you know, whatever, you know, we, we've got to, we've got to get this figured out. Okay. And so he tags everyone from like, uh, Sam Harris, Dave Rubin, like all people all over the place, right. All over the the spectrum here. And so here was, here's the point that I'm trying to make. And so what I, like Nassim Taleb, like, again, people who are super smart, I mean, Bridget was tagged, like he was saying, Hey, we got to get together and figure this out. And so like I retweeted and I did this whole thread. And what I said was, look, I hope this works, but the problem is, is put aside your grievances and work together only works in a context where people understand the nature of the problem and understand the threat. And the problem with this list is you've got a lot of people on here who don't understand that, who do not see the nature of the problem. And so they're going to go, what the fuck, what's going on here? I don't see what the big deal is. And then the other thing I said was, I'm like, and they're also going to say, why did you tag me with this person? Or why, like, I will never associate with this person, like get out of here because they don't see it as being worthwhile to put aside those things. And I said, the problem is in the other people on the list, which is the minority on the list is there are people who are going to go, I've been doing this, dude. Like, welcome to the party, pal. But I'm already doing this. I already understand the nature of this. So this is like if a general gets some soldiers who don't even think an enemy exists and put them in a room with people who've been in the trenches for years and say, hey, you guys got to you got to sort this shit out and get to work. Like some people are going to go there. What's the problem? And the other people are going to go, fuck you, man. I've been doing this for a while. Like you come join me. And so and I'm like, but, you know, I said that was the IDW. That's what happened. And so like Trump broke all of their brains. And so some people understood and some people said, no, I'm out. I don't want to be associated with this. And what happens the next fucking day? Nassim Taleb retweets 
Eric and says, why did you tag me with Ben Shapiro? I would never work with that charlatan. And it's like, this is what I'm saying. Like there is this whole intellectual class that that's like, they don't get it. They don't get it. They want to, they want so desperately to cling to that social identity of I'm a good leftist. I'm a, I am a good person. This is a side that's always been good. And so they don't want to work with anyone conservative or like not on any substantive level. They don't understand the problem or they don't care enough about the problem or they understand one part of it and they're grabbing the leg of the elephant and they don't understand this other thing over here. And so it makes it difficult to actually get anything done. Um, but all of that, I'm, that tangent just pissed me off. So I hate when I'm right about these things. I'm like Nassim Taleb, ultra genius, Eric Weinstein, ultra genius. And I'm like, okay, why did my dumb ass saw something that you, anyway, but they, those are the people that we also have to influence to help change that, that thing there. is my point. So it's not just the politicians, it's the influencers. Well, I'm going to, I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to push back on this. I don't think we need the influencers to fix this because like when you were saying that, and I agree with 100% of what you just said, like, I remember seeing that list and I kind of like rolled my Good eyes. Luck. I was like, all right, Good like luck. this is, this is going to go real well. But like the, the other thing is like, is like, I'm sorry, but the absolute hubris of Eric Weinstein. And I like, to be honest, like, I don't think either way about Eric Weinstein or Brett or, or any of these, because I, I honestly like, like, I don't really listen to this stuff like in my real life because I'm sure. just too busy doing other stuff to listen to content all every day. Um, but so I, so I really, I don't think one way or the other about them. I have no opinion. I've never met them. I've never talked to them, whatever, but the absolute hubris to say the, int- don't worry guys. The intellectual dark web's getting back together again. The band's getting back together. And we're going to tell you how to fix all these problems when hmm. we don't live your lives. Like when they have absolutely no conception of what it's like to be like an average person in the real world. This is why I go out of my way just to like, like I really pay attention to what people are saying on Twitter. I go to <clears> events <throat> in person. I try to talk to like everyone because I want to have a sense of how people are actually functioning in the real world. And I look at someone like Eric Weinstein and I'm sorry, but like, I don't see him doing that. And I don't see any effort made to really understand that he is in an extremely different position than the average everyday person. The things that he cares about are not the things that the average everyday person cares about. And I rail on the intellectuals who are intellectualizing all the time, because most of the time, I think they're literally just trying to pat each other on the back and high five and feel very smart about, you know, some obscure study that they found or some obscure point or something that they've been working out for years. And that's all fine, well and good. There, there, There is a place for all of that. But to say that you're going to fix the fucking problem, I'm sorry. You don't even Mm. understand what the problem is. And I do not trust anyone with Trump derangement syndrome who does not think, like, maybe you didn't like everything Trump did fine. Yep. But Trump was not that bad. He was not that bad. Like, he did, he did, he did a lot of things right, as evidenced by the fact that now gas prices are going through the roof, inflation is going up. Like, there are all sorts of things that have gone horribly awry ever since Trump left office because Trump did do some things right. And I don't know why people can't look past, like, I mean, listen, like, I had Trump derangement syndrome, but I had, like, a very light case of it. I was still like, you know what, like, you know, life is pretty good, like, we still live in America, like, this is all gonna work out. For anyone who really thought that he was, like, the worst thing to, like, that he was, like, the second coming of Hitler, I'm sorry, I don't trust your judgment on literally anything else, and why should I? If you cannot assess that Donald Trump was not the second coming of Hitler, 
Like, I feel like I've put the bar at an extremely low level for me to trust your input. And, and frankly, like, you know, I mean, if I was like back in the day, like right after Trump got, first got elected, I was scared about all this stuff. Like the Charlottesville thing really freaked me out. I, I like I was, I, it, and frankly, like looking back, I wouldn't have mm. trusted my own judgment now. Like I, like I wouldn't have trusted the person whose judgment had that back then. Like absolutely not, because I was not thinking, th- thinking through things clearly. I wasn't looking at the full source of information. Like there were just so many things that I missed. And you know, thank God I woke up, and I think I do a better job of it now than I did then. But why on earth would I trust anyone who can't see that th- past that basic fact, and much less a group of them that are so out of touch with what is going on in the real world? It's ridiculous. They ain't fixing anything. Like I trust. Dave Rubin every single day of the week to actually make progress on fixing problems because he's actually doing stuff and he's like listening to people in the real world and he's interacting with people in the real world I think that he has a much better sense of it than someone like Eric Weinstein I I think I think I agree for the most part (laughs) I do think that I mean that was the point I was trying to make right is that a lot of those guys are out of touch with certain things that are actually kind of integral to to solving what's going on Um, and so like Brett and Heather, I, I think are, they're courageous. They, the reason why their channel got demonetized is because they were like standing up for this ivermectin thing. And it's again, very similar to the hydroxychloroquine kind of situation. And like they, they knew the the consequences and they did it anyway. So, I mean, I, I have nothing but love for them. And again, and someone like Eric, like he is really smart. I think to his credit, like, so if I were to kind of steel man a little bit, you know, I, I don't think he's saying we can solve it for you. I think what he, he was saying there is we got to at least try to do something. And here are the people that I trust and care about. And like, so when Nassim retweeted it, he said, why are you doing this? Like, which is exactly what I thought was going to happen. And I'm, I bet you there was way more of that behind, like behind the scenes of people going, why are you tagging me? Um, but Eric said, you know, because I'm scared, I'm scared. And the, I tagged the people who I trusted, who I thought we could try to do something to make things better. And so I, my point is, I know that, that what they're trying to do is, is right. And these are people who it's like, I think they're actually, they're oftentimes are wrong in the correct direction. A lot of the left is wrong in the wrong direction. Um, and so, or their intentions are right, but in the wrong direction. And so like, fair enough, but either way, like there is a thing that's missing. And as you were saying that, like one of the things I was thinking about is I do agree with you. And I hate how, so like, it does piss me off because I don't know how to solve it. And this again goes back to the power of the media and misinformation. But I hate that like, was Trump an evil lunatic or was he even, even if you disagree with his policies, would you say like, okay, he probably wasn't like the worst president ever. You know what I mean? Like, could you, could you say something good about, good about him? Like I could say something good about pretty much any person, even if it was someone I didn't like, um, like, could you say something good about it? And so like, I hate that that is an incredibly accurate litmus test for, um, people's understanding of the world, the one thing on the other side of it, again, I'm just thinking out loud here, is that it's like, okay, do I need them to have this right in order for them to be right about this other thing they'd be useful about? So, so to use John Hyde as an example, John Hyde, you know, he moral foundations theory, huge theory, very influential, fire the organization that he, uh, I think him and Greg Lukianoff. Uh, both do it, you know, the foundation for um, individual rights and in education, I think. And they take all these free speech cases in education. It's like, okay, do I need John Haidt to have Trump right in order to do all these other things? Probably not. You know, I don't think I need him to have Trump right in order to do these other useful things. Um, but if he's going to start to 
apply solutions in an area where you do need to have this MAGA perspective, right? Then, yeah, then that's, that's a whole nother scenario. Um, you know, and you can go to like, again, Christine Hoff Summers, factual feminist makes great content. Her book, the war on boys was fantastic. Um, she called a lot of this stuff way early. Uh, I think she wrote war on boys in like 2000, maybe, I mean, totally ahead of the curve on so much of this stuff. Um, do I need her to have Trump right in order to speak out of, against some of this crazy, like, uh, toxic masculinity or whatever kind of thing? Like, no, I probably not. But if they're, again, if she's going to be speaking on this issue, then I, then I do need her to have those ideas. Right. Um, so there is utility in having those people. Like, again, I think a lot of them serve as like the firefighters with the nets of like, maybe I'm not going to, I'm not going to tell you how to think about this stuff, but I'm going to provide you with alternative explanations that you haven't been given otherwise. So I'm going to tell you, here's the other side of crime data. Here's the other side of gender wage gap, or here's the other side of this thing. Here's the other side of racial disparities. Do us this what you want. Um, I think those people are useful for that. Um, but on the other side of it, like you said, someone like Dave, I mean, that was the point I was trying to make in the tweet. I'm like, these people have been trying it. They've been doing it. They've been in the trenches. So to tag the people who are actually fighting this and say, hey, you guys get in the fight. It's like, the why are you, how, you join me, man. Come, come along. Happy to have you. You know, like, and, where, where and you? that's the point and, that I'm trying to make there is it's like, that really, and this going to the Harper's letter again, it's like, you have there. It sounds shitty to say, but it's like, no, really it's the, the good, it's those good liberals that are, that are left that, you know, again, even someone like Ben Shapiro, who it's like, I, I don't necessarily like everything that he says or does or his perspectives on stuff, but like he is still doing stuff. I think the, the daily wire making independent content, like I think they made a movie. They're going to make another movie. Like I've actually come around to that. I'm, I'm okay with an alternative competing institution in that realm, mm-hmm. um, but at least they're doing something. And so there are all these other people who they're kind of doing some stuff, kind of not, um, but they need to get, if they're going to be speaking, here's what I'll say. Cause again, I'm, I'm still, I'm thinking out loud, trying to process this. If they're only going to be in this, in the one area that they're good for, great. If John Hyde just wants to do all that other stuff, rock on. If he's just going to do fire stuff, if he's just going to do moral yeah. foundations, fine. But the minute those people get into the political stuff and the MAGA left versus right on the political level, if you don't have that right, then you're actually more of a detriment than, than like uh, uh, a u- useful. You're going to be hurting it more because you're coming in with wrong perspectives about stuff. Um, so as long as they're operating in the realm where they are experts, you know, great. Um, and that's why I say we do need those people like moral foundations. We need that. We need the Christine Hoff Summers is the stuff that Brett and Heather do when they talk about the evolutionary lens. Like they're probably like, it's useful. It's really good and useful stuff. But when it starts to bleed over into, and they try to use that to inform stuff that they have probably a fundamentally mis, uh, like misallocated understanding of, or, or just fundamental misunderstanding of in the first place, then that's where we get into trouble. So I don't want to dismiss like them entirely. I think we do need those people like desperately. I, I really believe that. Um, but we need them to, you know, I, to use a, I don't know if this is the right way. It sounds harsh, but to stay in your lane on some of this stuff, you know, where it's like, if you don't understand MAGA, if you don't understand libertarianism or whatever thing, um, then you probably shouldn't don't, you know, get informed and then speak into it. Um, but otherwise stay out of the way, but there's something wrong with the intellectual class, uh, you know, and that's why I, I, I do want them like, would I rather have, here's, here's the last, I'll throw the question back to you. 
would you rather have someone like an Eric Weinstein, a Brett and Heather or whatever, um, doing nothing? Or would you rather have them in the game and like trying to at least understand? Because even if they don't have the right perspectives on everything, like they're going to be right or wrong in the right direction mm-hmm. in terms of the stuff that we're generally trying to accomplish. Um, so it's like, that's the way I think about it. Like, would you rather at least have them in the game? Well, but are they? Well, this is this is a good question because I think that comes with an assumption that they're going to be wrong in the right direction because I think you were leaving a third option out. They could be out of the game. They could be in the game and they could be, you know, at least like trying to move us in the right direction or they could be in the game and think they are moving us in the right direction, but they're actually moving us in the wrong direction. And if they're if their perspective <clears throat> is fundamentally flawed and they're not seeing reality reality clearly because of Trump derangement syndrome or whatever else. And again, I don't have any particular problem with, you know, Eric Weinstein or Brett Weinstein. I don't know them. I don't really listen to what they say all that much. Um, but like if they're going to be wrong in the wrong direction, sure. but think they're being right it, like they're in the right direction that actually is a much bigger problem than, than them just not being involved at all and so i think it like you know of course like i think i think that as many people sh- need to be in the fight as, as want to be in the fight and you know so of course I, w- I would love to say like all these really smart people with all these great resources yeah awesome hell yes hell yes to having them on the team however if they're going to move it like inadvertently move things in the wrong direction because of their lack of understanding of the situation, then it's almost like, okay, okay, maybe, maybe you just, you sit on the side just for this round. You, you sit on the side and you watch, you watch the adults play and maybe we can get you in the next round. I I just thought of like, I think as a, in a good example of the three, the three different scenarios you laid out. Um, and, and they, and I agree with you. So the, the asterisk to what I just said is the people I'm talking about, I'm assuming that they're actually going to be moving in the right direction, even if it's not like perfect or exa- or how I'd conceptualize it. But so here's, here's three. So let's do right in the wrong direction, um, wrong <laughs> or in the wrong direction and right in the right direction. Okay. At least as I, as I put it. So this is all opinions. Uh, this is my opinion. So Jesse single, James Lindsay and Brett uh, Weinstein all sit down for one of Brett's like little fireside chats for the election to talk about how they were going to vote. Jesse single who he doesn't like a lot of the woke stuff. He doesn't. So he's good. He's good on some things. Um, says I'm voting for Joe Biden because I think that he's actually, this is how we actually fight the, the far left by keeping the thing that's inflaming them in power, you know, then it's only going to get worse. And so we need to bring this moderate back in. And so he's someone who I'm like, that guy's, he actually understands some of this stuff, but he's so far off in terms of how he th- way thinks solution is. That's someone who's like, no, I don't want you in the game to be honest, um, because he's he's wrong, you know, and, and a little bit right, but he's in the wrong direction. Like thinking that Joe Biden is what's going to solve all of this crap, like far left orthodoxy is, is is nuts. So then you have Brett. So Brett was he's he did this thing that uh, he called it Unity Twenty Twenty, where he said. Uh, we have to fuck the duopoly. We have to have, so let's do a thing where we do literally a draft. Let's draft a politician from the left and one from the right to run together. And there, the, it's going to be a coin flip for who's going to be a president. Who's going to be vice president and they're going to run. And then the agreement is they're going to make decisions as a team and that after four years they will switch. So whenever they run for reelection, vice president is president, president is vice president. And, 
That way, he said, we would have up to 16 years of an alternative so that the left and right can get their shit together. Um, and so it was called like the Unity 2020 movement, whatever. Now, I don't think that's a, mm-hmm. that idea works. I, I think it's it doesn't work practically, but it is at least right in the wrong direct or wrong in the right direction. And what it does, and so where, where I'm saying there's a lot of utility with with these yes. with the people in the space that I'm Agreed. talking about, is it one of the most? If you were to drill down to like the thing, going back to something I mentioned earlier, is it's like, do you accept what you're being told, or do you ask questions? Do you say no? Something's up here. Something isn't right, and we need to figure this out. And I think that we have like so that example of that Unity 2020, I think is at least putting the idea in people's minds of like, no, we don't have to accept the status quo. It's fucked. We need to do something about it. Maybe my idea isn't the right idea. I don't know. But let's try something and at least start getting people to question this thing that we're all under. So that's something where I'm like, no, like even if I don't think that Unity 2020 is going to work, mm-hmm. I like the idea of waking more people up to like, yeah, no, we shouldn't have to accept this. We should try to figure something out. And at least it gets some people brainstorming like, well, maybe I don't think that, but maybe this will work. You know, and all of those are things that challenge the status quo in a good way. I'm cool with it. And then James was like, no, Biden is not the room. Uh, Trump, you might not like, I don't like everything about him, but at least he's some kind of bulwark against this, if only temporarily. And that's what we need. Like we need to buy time. He'll at least buy us time to try and recapture some institutions. Biden would only make it worse. It would, it would be a top down infection of our institutions, including our military and stuff. So no, no, no. I'm going to vote for Trump because like, it's not about him. It's actually about this other thing. So James was right in the right direction, in my opinion. And so that's, that would be the examples of, so someone like Jesse, who is like, okay, yeah, you might be right about this stuff, but if you still think Biden is the answer, then you actually don't get it, you know? And Brett couldn't bring himself to vote for Trump, but he's like, we got to do something because this doesn't work. And and James is like, no, no, I understand this. And again, these are, this is all based on, you know, I kind I disagree. I kind of agree. And I fully agree, you know, with these people. So it's just my subjective opinion. But what my point is, is that I want Brett and James in the game because Brett might be I mean, wrong, but he's wrong in the right direction. So that's the asterisk. It's the assumption that I'm making there whenever I'm talking yeah. about these people. Yeah. No, I, I, I completely agree with what you just said. And I actually, I mean, I liked Brett's idea a lot. I think I think it's always good to look at, like, how can we break out of this system? Because I think that that's important. What I really would have liked is for him to is for him to put the idea out there and then plug his nose yep. and vote for Trump in the voting booth, even if he didn't tell anyone what he was doing. You don't have to announce it on social media or anything. But at least, like, then, like, obviously, the unity thing didn't work out. Um, but, like, he could have he still salvaged it to be like, okay, this is, like, still the lesser of two evils. And I'm, I'm somewhat doubtful. No, he, that, he, he um, wrote in Tulsi. He um, wrote in Tulsi. Anyway, true, but I got to get. That was the, they, when they drafted oh, the candidates. Uh, it was Dan Crenshaw and so Tulsi still, Gabbard were the people like, uh, who they, who the man. people wanted. And I was like, that's a solid ticket. I would, I would vote for Dan Crenshaw and Tulsi Gabbard, I think. Oh, yeah. So. I, I think I probably would have too. And it was a shame that they got banned off of all social media for daring to right. suggest a subversive idea. Um, but it is what it is. But well, Truman, I got to get some dinner. So, so do you want to do some final thoughts and we wrap up our first inaugural episode of unscrewed where we basically talked about everything that was wrong and have no solution yet to fix it, but that's okay because we'll be doing a podcast every couple of weeks to try to come up with solutions. Yeah, yeah, to go, fix you, it. go for it. Yeah. Um, I'll, I'll add something. You, you go first. You go first. I got you. 
Yeah. I mean, my final thoughts are right now, honestly, like I'm, I'm very black pilled, but you know, the fighter in me won't give up that, you know, at least maybe, maybe there is no chance of changing any of this. Maybe, maybe we are on the long, slow descent into socialism and we should just prepare for the idea and enjoy the free stuff we're going to get for a while until inflation eventually kills us all. I mean, I would, I wouldn't mind having my student loan pay, loans paid off, I have to say. And, um, you know, so maybe, maybe there is literally nothing we can do about this. And I'm, I'm in increasingly coming to that decision that I just don't think if the will of the people is there that it's kind of like all right well we can just like we can play pretend for a little while but I still like I at least wouldn't be able to live with myself if I just gave up entirely and kind of retreated into a cocoon like I feel like at least at least if we're going to if at least if we're in decline like I'm going to try to fight in the way that I can best do it and you know I don't think that either of the two parties are the answer I think that um I think that something is going to have to change and i think it's going to have to be something big and i mean it's not even just one thing there are a lot of things that need to change um and you know i think that a lot of people are asleep at the wheel and um so i don't have a lot of hope right now but i think that the thing that i'm going to give myself to at least have something is that we can at least speak out and speak our minds and try and you know try to have a nuanced view of this i think that people with nuanced views of this situation are just few and far between that are actually Mm. that are actually connected to reality um and i think that that's important and you know who knows maybe if people are speaking out with more nuanced views maybe maybe more people will come to the party and um you know, we, we didn't even get into the outrage addiction that I see this time, but yeah. maybe we can talk about that next time. There's just so much. And it's, you know, I think this this for me is about doing something because I would go crazy if I yeah, was doing I nothing. Yeah, I mean, get out of my head, right? I mean, that's exactly how I feel about all this. And, um, <laughs> you know, I mean, I I wouldn't be able to, to live with myself, you know, if I didn't. And, and also, I... I more and more, I quote, you know, that line at the end of seven, when Morgan Freeman says, you know, Ernest Hemingway once wrote, the world is a fine place and worth fighting for. I agree with the second part. Um, you know, it's worth fighting for. It doesn't matter if it's a fine place. It's, it's all we have. Um, and so like, you know, that's the point of what we're trying to do here. You know, I was trying to, I was sifting, I've got so many freaking post-it notes over here to find whenever we chatted and like, just of like what we were trying to do with this, of just like bouncing ideas off each other, refine ideas and just try to think through a lot of these like overwhelming problems that we're dealing with um, and hopefully bring people along with us as we're thinking about this stuff out loud. I mean, it's, hopefully it's obvious. It's like, yeah, no, we're just trying to figure this out, but something is better than is better than nothing. Um, especially if, you know, let if this train's going off the tracks, you know, yeah, maybe we can't do anything to stop it, but at least we should try to stop it, you know, because we might be either way you're doomed, you know, so at least you try. Um because that could at least maybe end up working. So that's what we're trying to do here. Uh, I I am not optimistic, and but at, at the same time, my, most of my pessimism is on a macro level also, where it's like, I think there's going to be people that are building arcs right now and that are going to be weather the storm just fine. I think there are people who are going to be in rural areas who built, like, built a thing where they're sustaining themselves and that they're not like, it's like, okay, yeah, Portland can go to shit, you know, all this other stuff. Like I don't need this, the government, I don't need this thing. So whatever. Um, but that's just another way. I mean, that's like, you're the last person, you know, to drown, you know, after the Titanic sinks then, you know, cause something's going to come for you eventually. But, but hopefully if there's enough of us that can weather the storm or, or maybe even turn the tide, then we don't have to, 
you know, accept the defeat at all. So I don't know. Um, I don't, I'm not optimistic either, but I am at least optimistic that the fact that it's not guaranteed that we lose. How about I put it that way? It's not a certainty that we lose. It seems like we're going to lose for sure, but it's not a certainty. If I thought it was a certainty that I would probably be like, Hey honey, let's go homesteading in the mountains because it doesn't matter. Like let's go, we're just going to go find some land and build a cabin because what's the point otherwise. Um, so, and and I think that's, I don't, maybe hopefully something you agree with. It's not a certainty that we lose. So we have, we have to at least lean into that. Yeah, no, I don't, I, I agree. I don't think it is a certainty that we lose either, but a lot more people got to get in the game for us to have any hope. And maybe, you know, maybe that's something that we can do with this is, you know, try to help people get in the game in, in ways that make sense for them, because it's not going to be the same thing for everyone. And God knows, God knows we don't need everyone else to have a podcast in the yep. world. We don't there want the competition. Too many, I'm worried about you know? that, actually. Um, but, you know, we, too we many just podcasts. have to do the best I'm, we can. I'm worried about that, to be honest. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But really? no, that was one of the things we talked about, levels of engagement right here of how people can have different levels of engagement in terms of fighting this. So yeah, anyway, so there's a whole bunch of stuff there. I'm yeah. hungry too. Um, seems like a good place to end it. Well, uh, all right. Well, I guess we're going to be doing this podcast every couple of weeks. Um, I guess we're going to like, uh, like, I'm going to put it up in my locals community. Are you going to put it up in your locals Which, community? Hey, what's the name of your locals community again there, Carlin? Well, I'm going to try to get us on all major podcast platforms. My my name and the my well my URL for my locals community is kb.locals.com. It is just Carlin Borisenko. Truman, oh, what is the name of your I'm locals so community and asked. the URL? Uh, it is return to reason.locals.com. And uh, do you have a Twitter by chance? Do you have one of those? <laughs> or a YouTube or anything like that? I I, I do. I am Dr. D R K A. Yes, Dr. Carlin B on Twitter, D R K A R L Y N. And of course on YouTube, I am just Carlin Borisenko. How about how about you? Are uh, you I on have. the Twitter? I the recently YouTubes? migrated from MySpace um and LinkedIn. But yeah, so it's uh YouTube Return to Reason and uh Twitter My Mundane Mind. Uh so please uh follow Carlin, follow me if if you're interested in this. If not, well then why are you even here? Why'd you watch the end of this video just not to be interested, guys? Yeah. That's ridiculous. Well, then piss off. You've been listening to us for like two hours and you're not interested in it. At least I stuck through the movie. (laughs) Well, I'm going to try to get this up on all major podcast platforms. Yeah, well, exactly. We have to, again, we got to celebrate the small wins. Well, we're going to try to get this up on podcast platforms. I'll probably put it on my YouTube. Truman will do whatever he does with it, probably on his YouTube and locals as well, um, just to start off. Um, and, uh, you know, we'll do this every couple of weeks and thank you guys for, uh, joining us for the inaugural episode of Unscrewed. Peace.